Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from Exodus chapter 15. We continue in uh, the arc of the story of the Israelites, their slavery in Egypt, uh, of God's call for them to go rest, Pharaoh's refusal, God's resistance um, of the Passover. And finally, the Israelites uh, last Sunday were led out of uh, Egypt by God's cloud of uh, light. Um, And now they have crossed the Red Sea and they are singing a victory song. Let's listen for God's word. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord for an overflowing victory. Horse and rider he threw into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my power. He has become my salvation. This is my God whom I will praise. The God of my ancestors whom I will acclaim. Who is like you among the gods, Lord? Who is like you, foremost in holiness, worthy of high praise, doing awesome deeds? You raised your strong hand. Earth swallowed them up. With your great loyalty, you led the people you rescued. With your power, you guided them to your sanctuary. You brought them in and planted them on your own mountain, the place, Lord, that you made your home, the sanctuary, Lord, that your hand created. The Lord will rule forever and always. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and cavalry went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea over them. But the Israelites, the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then the prophet Miriam, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand. All the women followed her, playing tambourines and dancing. Miriam sang the refrain back to them, Sing to the Lord for an overflowing victory. Horse and rider he threw into the sea. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God around us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Well, this year at Fairmount, our spiritual focus is the time is now, our urgent need for Sabbath. We live in this fast-paced world that seems to be just accelerating all the time, a world that's constantly telling us to have more, to do more, to be more efficient, more productive, more everything. And this has led to a cultural disease that we call, who knows, Zeitkrankheit. That's right. It's a German word that means time sickness. But this isn't what God wants for us. God invites us to rest, to Sabbath. But finding rest in this culture of more that we live in is really hard. Sabbath is countercultural. And that's why this season of Advent, we've been saying again, rest is resistance. 
All Advent long, we've been reading this story of the Exodus as a reminder that God calls us, like Moses, to resist the forces that stand in the way of the rest that our bodies and our spirits need. The story begins with God calling Moses from a burning bush and telling him to resist Pharaoh and demand that the Israelites be allowed to take a break from their hard work, to rest. When Pharaoh refuses, God joins their resistance, sending plagues to bring down Pharaoh and lift up the weary Israelites. Then we have the story of the first Passover. God leads the Israelites to freedom, and as God does so, Moses says to them, Remember this day, which is the day that you came out of Egypt, out of the place where you were slaves. Because the Lord acted with power to bring you out of there. And the Lord will bring you to a land full of milk and honey. Finally, we hear the verses that I read just a few moments ago. The victory song that Moses and Miriam and Aaron and all the Israelites sing and dance because they are finally free. Free to rest, to worship God. But if we were to keep reading in the story, it's not long before this song of joy turns into complaining. And the Israelites begin to doubt that they'll ever make it to this promised land, this land of milk and honey. But honestly, who could blame them? For generations, all these Israelites had known was hard labor and hunger and suffering. How could they possibly imagine that God would really lead them to this land full of milk and honey, a land of rest and abundance, a land that God had promised when they'd never experienced anything like it before? Well, we can find at least one answer in neuroscience. We imagine the future by remembering the past. The primary part of our brains responsible for the ability to imagine is the hippocampus, the very same part of our brain that helps us store and access our memories. And scientists who study the human capacity for imagination say that it makes perfect sense for the same part of our brain to be responsible for both remembering and imagining. They're overlapping functions. And some scientists go so far as to say that our capacity for imagination is directly correlated, dependent upon even, our memories. Yorgi Musaki, a systems neuroscientist at New York University, put it like this. Why do we talk about imagination separately from memory? From a public point of view, talking about them together is crazy. But you can put it in a simple way, he says. There is absolutely no way you can imagine anything without the past. And so how could the Israelites possibly imagine a future promised to them, a future that God would really lead them to this land of abundance and rest and milk and honey by remembering the past? Just before the Israelites marched out of Egypt, Moses said to the people, Remember 
this day. Remember this day, which is the day that you came out of Egypt because the Lord acted with power to bring you out of there. To remember how God acted on their behalf in the past. To remember how God fulfilled God's promises in the past. This leads to their ability to imagine arriving in the promised land. To imagine the future fulfillment of God's promise. We imagine the future by remembering the past. And we do it every Sunday morning here. We gather to read the stories of our scriptures, the stories of God acting in and through our ancestors. We gather at this table and we remember the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We gather here to sing and to give thanks to God, remembering the ways that God has acted in our lives, in the lives of this faith community. This weekly communal remembering makes possible a collective imagination for a different kind of future. A hope that another world is possible. Tricia Hersey, the author of Rest is Resistance, writes that we imagine, excuse me, we underestimate imagination. We belittle it as a waste of time, a thing done by frivolous children. But, she says, imagination allows individuals to be able to see what is possible. We have a right to reimagine our world. Our imagination has the power to tap into new worlds. We must fight for it. We must envision it. We must see things clearly before they can be. And so this Christmas, I invite you to remember. To look back and to remember the ways that God has already been present and acting in your life. And may those memories become the seeds of hope to imagine a new world, a new creation. Glory to God who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.